along to episode 155 of the Jazz Network podcast, a totally free and independent Rangers show made by fans for fans, where all of our content is always free. And that's not just the podcast that we have here at Jazznet, but if you head over to our website at www.jazznet.co.uk, you'll find a whole host of great content, including a very friendly discussion forum, plenty of articles, match previews, uh, social media, and a, a really informative history archive as well. So please do check that out if you haven't done so already. Uh, the podcast is always, uh, as always, is going out live. It's just gone 9.30 on uh, Sunday, the 31st of October. So a very happy Halloween to anyone who may be celebrating that tradition. Um, if you're not listening live, then remember that the show is always available for download on a Monday morning. And that's wherever you get your podcasts from, including iTunes, Acast, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, and also on Spotify. Uh, if you've not joined us before, then please do give us a wee like and a subscribe and, and share the podcast as well. Be very, very grateful. Um, we're here today to talk about uh, Rangers trip to Fir Park this afternoon. Um, we've had a few shows this week, obviously, looking uh, at a very difficult week for the Rangers family, what with the, the passing of Walter Smith earlier on and then uh, the, the difficult result as well on, on Wednesday against Aberdeen. Um, so today's show is going to be just about Motherwell. Uh, there's plenty of talking points as Rangers really find form again. The Zambian Prince really announced his, uh, his arrival into the Scottish football scene, as was recognised by the Zambian president, but we'll come to all of that. Uh, and I've got two top class guests to help me do so. Uh, first of all, who I can see for Halloween seems to be dressed up as a middle-aged boar. It's Colin Armstrong. Colin, how are you? Yeah, I might be a middle-aged boar, Ross, but I know it's episode 156 of the Jersey Net podcast and not 155. See, see, you set yourself up for these falls all the time. That's a shocker. That's- <laughs> You see, I felt um, I felt quite bad about that. That we joke that I had a, a middle-aged boar, but no, you're, you're pretty much on the money. To be fair, I realised that yesterday morning you tweeted that you'd bought a new box of tea bags and that that was the highlight of your week. Actually, you explain yourself. Well, actually, it was Friday morning, and it was a highlight of my week. But uh, our fellow podder John McCallum has told me that my my tea taste is is, is off, and I should try Thompson's. They're apparently quite staunch. They're, they're from Northern Ireland, so I tried. I got, I got, I, I got a, bo- a bag or a box. Sorry, yesterday I tried it this morning. And Rangers one six one. So that's it. That's my new tea. The, the, the Yorkshire's been binned. Excellent. I mean, we're still looking for sponsors here at Jersnet. So if Thompson's Teas want to get in touch, I think Colin wants a free box sent over. Yeah, absolutely. And the river staunch as well. And that's and I'm quoting John McCallum there. Fair enough. Fair enough. The two you can go and set up a rival tea podcast and. Leave that pattern away where it belongs. Also joining us, it's another uh, exile from Scotland living with us down in England, Ian Duff. Ian, how's your week been? Not too bad, thanks, actually. Uh, yeah, I was back up in Scotland, actually, last week, so it was uh-huh. quite a nice wee trip up the road. Um, but back now and ready for work tomorrow, That's ready to go. Absolutely. You see, I'm, I'm heading up to Glasgow next weekend for the, um, the Ross County game, and I've forgotten it's this COP26 climate yeah. conference, right? £800 for a hotel room that they're charging. So, no doing that. Stay with my sister instead. Just stick it on the Jersey Net Expense account. Absolutely. <laughs> I saw that Thompson's tea sponsorship. Tea would be fair, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, gents, there was seven goals today. There was a red card today. There's uh, some potential controversy around offsides and handballs that we can get to. So there's lots and lots for us to talk about. Uh, as Rangers, as I say, finally discover a wee bit of form and, and put in a performance that was reminiscent of, of last season. Um, before we get to the positive stuff, Colin, yet another game where we start slow and, uh, and, and concede first. And it was uh, a bit of a shambles, that goal to concede. What with 
bit of a mix-up between Connor Goldson and Tavernier leading to them then getting a corner. And then was it Tavernier and Balogun losing their men at, at the corner and uh, leading to Rangers going 1-0 down. How did you view that that goal for Motherwell and, and how did that make you feel as that went in? I mean, the, the goal itself, I mean, it's undoubtedly you know, a shambles, but I'm going to have to slightly disagree with you. I thought Rangers started really well today. Uh, I was I was glad, I was really happy to see Aribo back in the front three on that right-hand side. I think that's where he does his best work. Uh, so that gave me a, a wee boost when I saw that. I, I have to be honest, when I saw Sakala in the team, I was like, oh, you know what I mean? He's, he's, I saw someone describe him on Twitter through, week, through the week as, uh, as a jobber. And uh, although I thought that was slightly harsh, I could I could see where he was coming from. I, I was, uh, me and my son were talking on the train coming home on Wednesday from the Aberdeen game, and I, I sort of said, I know he won as the penalty and all that, but I just, just when he was coming on, I just didn't inspire me. And I sort of said to my son, I, said, I think he's a bit of a downgrade actually from from Eton. You know, when he came on, you always thought there's, there's maybe a goal. So when I saw Sakala in the team, I just kind of oh, I'm not so sure. Happy to see Scott Arfield back in the team. I think he's been sort of chapping at the door. I know, I know you're not happy with that, Ross. Uh, so I was happy when I seen the team, and I thought we started well. I thought we were moving the ball really well. Maybe not creating a huge amount of chances, but certainly causing them trouble. And then this whole thing, this you know, it sort of blighted the season. This this thing that we're going behind in every game, and it came as you say, it came from nothing. You know, a bit of a mix up between Tav and and Goldson. I think Tav maybe has to be a wee bit more assertive there and deal with it. Goldson's at the more awkward angle, so when he meets it with the head, it goes out for the corner. As for the goal itself, eh, yeah, Balogun loses his man. I think McGregor does okay initially with the first save, but it's a tight angle. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not convinced that eh, he should be scoring fr- from there, but look, see at the end of the day, see for all the talk of Rangers conceding and, and going behind and what we've spoke about it a few times on, on, on this pod, you know, you have to actually give them credit for the resilience they've shown. I mean, there's no teams secured more points in the league than coming from a losing position than Rangers. So you would you would have to say, okay, we've dropped a few points at home, but overall, we're getting ourselves out of trouble. But it would be nice not to be in that trouble in the first place, just just maybe once or twice. Yeah. You know, I mean, that said, it was a routine win today. You know, we absolutely. You know, we scudded them. You know, they, they they got the goal. They had that chance a couple of minutes after it with Tony Watt. The ball went across the goal and Tony Watts came in. Other than that, I can't think anything that, that Motherwell done to you. I thought Rangers were, were very dominant. I know there's this talk of, you know, 6-1 against 10 men. I thought that the thumping was on the cards anyway before they went down to 10. I, I thought Rangers were very impressive today. But again, you know, we need to tighten up a wee bit and, and get these errors uh, out of our, our game in terms of conceding early. Yeah, I mean, we'll come to the red cards in a, in a moment, but it's not as if Stephen O'Donnell was doing particularly much in the game before he got himself sent off. So I, I don't think it had a, a huge impact at all. It's, it's interesting, Colin, the point you make about points that we've won from losing positions. I think I think we're now up to 13 points that we've won from losing positions in the league this season. I think in all competitions... We've conceded the first goal nine times. I mean, that's which is which is staggering. We're, we're on twenty-seven points, and if thirteen of them have come from losing positions, it's a it's a positive and a negative, isn't it? Because it it, it does speak to the character of the side and it speaks yeah. to the resilience. But at the same time, let's stop putting ourselves in losing positions, and we won't need to display that character. The the, the Walter Smith's final team, you know, that final season, the, mm-hmm. 
did you, did no start like that that season. You know, we went behind quite a lot, and we, we always we always came back. I, I seem to that kind of crossed my mind today when I was watching. That sort of reminds me of that that sort of 2010, 2011 side and that early part of the season. It's, I mean, we were at Tynecastle, we went a goal behind. But Celtic Park, a, a goal behind. There was three or four times that early part of the season. Uh, but but you really trusted that Rangers team to, to get us out of it. This Rangers team, I, I prefer it when they're winning and winning comfortably rather than having to fight for it. You know what I mean? It's, it's a different sort of makeup. But that said, they're dealing with it. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they have came back. In the majority of cases when we went behind, they have came back. But, you know, I'd rather they didn't have to do that. You know, I'm getting of a certain age and my, my ticker can't take it. Yeah. One of the things that's been said a lot this season, a lot of people have been saying, oh, you know, this team doesn't have bottle, it doesn't have character, it doesn't have the, the spirit. And I think those those stats kind of show that that's just not true. I mean, you know, you could argue that they've, they've been slack and they haven't played as well as we, we could play, but I don't think you could really question the, the bottle or the mentality of them. I think, you know, in most games, nearly all the games, maybe one or two where we've been pretty poor, but I don't think you would question the the, the overall mentality or, or strength of character of them. They've, they've just not played very well. And, you know, I think that's always, you know, I, w- I would say if if you've got the character and you've got the, 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 the spirit and you've got the bottle to to stand up when you when you go a goal behind, then uh, that's, you know, as good as playing well, really, in some ways, you know, because it, 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 you know, it gets you out of the hole. And if you're in the hole, then you need to get out of it. And, you know, I think this team's shown that they have got the ability to do that. Yeah, and uh, that's a really good point because last season um, the, the team got so much praise for their, their ruthlessness, their domination and, and the, um, the relentlessness with which they, they strode to 55. I guess this year they're showing a different side to themselves, not just as, as footballers, but kind of in, in the mental side as well. They're, they're showing a different aspect of what they can bring and um, it is, I think it's to their, to their credit. Ian, one of the players that probably gets singled out for criticism verging on abuse more than anyone else is, is Captain James Tavenier, 30th birthday today. Um, I must admit I was surprised to see him start. I thought it was a game that he might have brought Patterson in um, and I think there's been plenty of calls for, for Tav, uh, to Tav to uh, take to the bench and, and for Patterson to come in but Tavenier does get the start and um, after the goal he, he goes on to, after the goal that the, the Motherwell score I should say, he goes on to score an absolutely wonderful strike he then gets two assists and, and Gerard calls it his best performance of the season. Um, given the up and down nature of Tavenier's season so far, do, do you agree with that assessment and, and how did you view his game today? Yeah, yeah I mean, he's had, he's had one or two decent games, but certainly not to the level of consistency that you would you would want and probably not to the level of consistency that he had last season. Um, but I, I still think it, it would take a... I know there's a lot of people asking for him to be dropped and to be replaced. And when I mean, you've got a, a really good prospect as your alternative, then you know that makes a lot of sense. But it's a big shout to drop your captain and one of your best players over the last three or four years because he's not playing well. You know, you know that that creates a huge story in itself and a huge drama in itself. And and when that happens that can then start to affect all the other players and it can start to affect the player that comes in to replace him. So, and as well as Tavernier himself, 
and it becomes a big story. And it, it sort of reminds me of when the uh, Amoruso was stripped to the captaincy under Advocat, and, uh, and then he was dropped, and there was just a huge amount of drama, and it didn't really help the the general situation in that that season. Um, so it, it would be a big shout for for Gerard to to drop him in a game where you would normally expect him to start. But you know, I think he's he proved today that he's capable of doing something that you know other players ne- wouldn't necessarily be capable of doing. That the, the goal he scored was absolutely outstanding. There's not many uh, players. I mean, there's very few players in Scotland would, would score a goal like that from right back. Um, so I think you know. While, while the, there's calls for him to be dropped, I don't know whether I would necessarily drop him. I would think if we're going to bring Patterson in at all, it would be to push Tavernier maybe up into midfield or something and, and add something uh, a bit different. Because obviously the attacking element of his game is by far the best uh, part of his game. But yeah, I mean, he, he has had a few good games this season, but as I say, nowhere near as, as good as his last season and nowhere near as good as we would hope. But, you know, it, it, would, it would be a big shout to, to drop him, I think. Yeah. It's, Ross, can I come in on that? Yeah, please do. Uh, I, I think the problem is defensively. Because I was, I, was, I was looking through Twitter today and, you know, he, he got the winner against St. Johnson. Uh, he got an assist last week for, for Morelos. He got an assist and a goal through the week against Aberdeen. And he's got a goal and assist today. You know, so, I mean, I was I was one of the ones that I was a bit like you when, when Tav was in the team. I was a bit like, and then after the mix-up with him and Goldson, I actually messaged my mate saying Tav needs to come out, come out of this team because there seems to be an issue with the two. They're, they're not communicating the, the, the same way and there seems to be a, a, a big issue down that, that right-hand side defensively. But going forward, I don't think anyone else is going to give you the numbers that Tav provides. And I think he maybe gets a harder time than he, than he deserves, to be honest with you. And I include myself in that, because as I said, at one point I was texting my mate saying he needs to come out of this team because I think we're, we're more solid at the back uh, with, with Patterson at the moment. And and I do think there's an issue between Goldson and Tavernier. Frankie mentioned that a few weeks ago in one of the shows, and I've been looking out for it since. And I mean, I noticed it through the week. There's a lot of times now Golson goes long rather than putting it out, out uh, to the right to, to Tavernier. They're always sort of bickering at one another. You know what I mean? If you, if you watch them, there's, there's definitely an issue. But So defensively, yeah, I, th- I think there is an issue with Tav. But if you take him at the team, I think you lose a lot going forward. You know, his numbers in, in terms of the, the, you know, the attacking side of his game, are, are, I don't think anyone else gives you that. I suppose the question is, is... I mean, last season you could have argued that his presence in the team and the attacking threat that he provided basically outweighed any defensive issues that there might have been because we were taking the chances that he was creating or you know he was scoring more goals maybe or or whatever, and therefore the defensive issues were less glaring. Yeah. So this season we were not playing as well in an attacking sense or taking the chances that we we, we should be taking then those those defensive lapses become more important and then, then you know the, the the focus is on them rather than the attacking side of things. So I suppose we need to you know what are we gonna if we took him out of the team completely, would we lose by losing the attacking threat, would that be more negative impact on the team than than leaving them in and in the defensive sense. So maybe that's why 
using him as a, a further up the pitch player rather than uh, than than right back might might be an option. See, something happened today that hasn't happened for a while, and it happened a few times last season. One fullback crossed for the other fullback to score. You know, and that happened a few times last. How many times Borna put the ball in for for Tavernier to score, and and Tavernier returned the favour. You know, he, he sent a, he sent a ball in today, and, and Bassey came close. So we get a lot. I, I mean, I think the way Rangers are set up is is all about the fullbacks. You know, I mean, it's all about getting them as far up the field. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, the, I agree with you. There's so many issues in terms of defensively, but I just I just look at the numbers and in terms of going forward and and. I, I just don't think Nathan Patterson gives you that. Well, whilst we're on the fullbacks, Colin, um, it's another game where, where Calvin Bassey's at left back, and I think Calvin Bassey did a tremendous job today. I thought he was solid defensively and, and created quite a lot going forward. Um, I understand that Borna has had his, his injury problems. We've also spoken a lot about Borna being a confidence player, um, probably more so than anyone else in the squad. Are we at a stage now where Calvin Bassey is overtaking Borna Barisic for that starting left-back spot. Yeah, well, one thing I will say about Bassey is he's, he's not a centre-half. You know, no. the times he's played at centre-half, he's he's looked uh, he's looked a bit suspect, if I'm being honest. But I would have to say he's been our best-performing left-back this season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Borna, I mean, we were all worried he was going to go in the summer, you know what I mean? Because of the, the, the level of performance that he's put in over the last couple of years. You know, and there was that thing was at the end of the Celtic game, it looked like he was, you know, saying his farewells. He was out sort of applauding the crowd and all that. So I don't know if that, if a deal was on and then it suddenly was off again. I don't know because that certainly looked like he was on his way. But he's looked, I think he looks about a yard, two yards off. He's uh, he's sort of usual pace. It, it doesn't seem to get around players the same way at the moment. Uh, and his delivery's not the best. I'm not getting the same in terms of free kicks and all that from him. So I, I don't want to say he's playing, he's playing particularly poorly, uh, but he's certainly not at the, at the levels he was last season. And at the moment, I, I genuinely, uh, I mean, I don't know what Ian thinks, but I genuinely think Bassey is currently the better option in that position. I'm not, I, I wouldn't quite go as far as to say he's a you know first pick for for left back at the moment. I don't think he's quite made that position his own yet. But in, in terms of form, I, I think he's the better option at the moment. Yeah. Um, Ian, what do you reckon? It's it almost as if Barisic has gone back. I don't know if you remember how he was in that first season that we brought him yeah, in from Yeah, Exactly. That was exactly what I was going to say was that that first season, I think everybody would have said he's never going to make it because he just didn't look like he had the confidence to to perform. Uh, and then he, he, something changed and something clicked and, and, he, and he suddenly became a player. And I think everyone was at that point thinking, well, this is, you know, this is a guy who's going to be the, you know, the left, the first choice left back for a long time. And I think at the moment, uh, Bassey is the man in possession of the, uh, the, the position. So I, I, he's done nothing wrong to, to merit being left out of the team. So I personally would say and he should stay in position and, and, you know, let, let's see what he can do because I, I, I've thought Bassey looked like a player from, from the very first game he played he looked raw and he looked as if he needed a run in the team and he needed to, to fit in a bit but he looked like a, he had the, the sort of the, the raw talent there to, to 
to fill that position if needed. I assumed he would be the, the replacement for Barisic. I didn't think Barisic would still be here. Uh, yeah. Sort of two years down the line, to be honest. Um, I, I actually thought he would have gone before the start of last season. Um, but, you know, he, you know, I'm glad he didn't because he was absolutely outstanding last season. But yeah, I mean, I, I think like Colin says, maybe there was a maybe there was an issue where he was he thought he was leaving and that fell through for one reason or another, and and that's affected his game. Maybe I don't know, or that just the ongoing injury issues that he's he's had uh, might be might be a problem as well. But I think Bassi's in position at the moment. He deserves the he deserves to stay there until and hopefully it won't be the case that he he gets pulled because he's not playing well. See, yeah. see, another thing about Bassi is he's so enthusiastic. Yeah. He just looks like he really enjoys playing for Rangers. And, you know, I, I always enjoy to see players like that. He always looks like he enjoys it. He's up for it. You know, plays with a bit of a smile on his face, uh, unlike some in that team that I could mention. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think he does. And his delivery, I, you could argue his delivery at times is is better than than, than Borner's. So, yeah, I, I think he's, it's his jersey at the moment, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, his delivery needs to be good. That's, that's such an integral part of the way that this Rangers side plays. Is that the fullbacks need to have that that in the locker. Um, now, from one player who arrived and looked a bit raw and needed a run in the team to another, uh, Ian Fashion Sakala today really marked his arrival at Rangers. He scored a couple of goals so far. Um, a lovely goal in preseason against Real Madrid, of course, but today it seemed that he really took it up a level. Um, a fantastic hat trick. Um, so much so that the president of Zambia has already tweeted about how, how great it was to see that happen as the president of Zambia has arrived in Scotland for the COP26 as well. Uh, that all seems very pleasant. Um, Rangers are going to have a, a bit of a, an issue up front here, aren't we? With Morelos, again, scored a, a few goals in his last couple of games. Kamar Roof scored again today. Um how do you fit fashions? I mean, you surely can't drop the boy who's, who's just scored the hat-trick and looked so electric today. But how do you fit Fashion Sakala into this team going forward? Well, I mean, he scored today from, I suppose, the third guy in the, the, the front three. You know, why why wouldn't he play there? I mean, you know, I don't think Roof has had a great season at all this season. Uh, and I think Sakala has deserved his chance to show what he can do. I've, I, I've thought even in the, the sort of brief glimpses what I've seen, I know I know not necessarily everyone agrees, um, but I thought he's looked okay. I thought he's looked quite good, but he needed a run in the team and a, a, you know a, a bit of you know, a, a a chance to 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 show. And I think today it wasn't just the the goals that he scored. You know, it was a, it was a really good hat trick. You know, a good variety of goals, the kind that you know we've we've been missing. Really, there was sort of Morelos esque uh, all three of them. But um, I thought he looked. He just looked like a really good player today. You know, he was comfortable in the ball. He had a few nice tricks. He was holding it up well. He was passing it out wide. He was he was available for for overlaps and things like that. So, I mean, I, I thought his overall performance wasn't just the goals. His overall performance was was great. So, again, he's a guy with a jersey. He you know he he deserves he deserves another crack at it and another run um, in the team so I'm delighted because I think he, he's another player like uh, like Bassey who really is enthusiastic he really looks like he enjoys it he really looks like he's glad to be where he is I mean I hope that's not because he thinks he's above <laughs> a level above that he would have expected to be but I don't think so I think he's really genuinely 
pleased to be here and wants to to do his best for the team. And you know, I, I think I think he has the potential to to play alongside Morelos. I don't, I don't know whether he's a, a you know. A, uh, sort of traditional number nine or, or, or whatever you want to call it these days but uh, but he certainly uh, in that front three he, he, he really fits It's an interesting one because I will admit to being someone who to a degree had written him off I wasn't quite sure that he was that he was good enough and I hadn't seen enough in the camp but you know it's, it's difficult because he's not he hasn't had a run in the team and, and no one's going to really prove themselves with 10-15 minutes off the bench here and there so I'm, I'm absolutely delighted for him today to, to get those three goals I thought he, he played extremely well I thought he was very kind of humble and grounded in his post-match interview as well so it was a, a very successful um, a very successful day for him and, and I think very pleasing obviously the Rangers support seem to have taken to him really really nicely and uh, yeah it could just be kind of a, a match made in heaven hopefully Colin, uh, another of the goal scorers today, Glenn Kamara. Not often that we get to see Kamara on the score sheet, and it's it's probably one of the criticisms that we've all had of Glenn over the past few seasons on on this podcast. He doesn't take enough chances, and that he, he doesn't get enough goals. Um, absolutely a lovely goal for him to score today. Are you pleased to see Rangers? Because I don't think it's just Kamara. I think over the last few games there has been maybe a more of an appetite to take more shots from outside the box or take more chances rather than constantly trying to work another opening. Um, do you think that's fair? And if so, are you are you happy to see us take that approach? I, th- I think we do <clears throat> need to start shooting a wee bit more at times, and and it happened today. You know, two goals. You know, I would say Kamara's and Sakala's were quite similar, actually. But in terms of Kamara scoring, you know, when you consider you consider everything the boys went through over the last six or seven months, and especially fairly recently, you know, over in Prague again, ten thousand school kids booing them, and you know, in the way that UEFA have have failed to to deal with that in any significant way. Now, I I, I don't know if it's linked, but I I would argue that since that initial incident with with Kudela, I don't think Kamara's looked himself at all. He's not really hit the same heights that he he was he was displaying for the majority of last season. I thought he had a, a great Euros. I thought he was superb in that, and I was actually a wee bit surprised that no one came in from you know when I was watching him through that. I kind of thought there's a good chance that someone will come in from. That's not happened. He signed a new deal. Delighted with that. But overall, I, I just don't think he's looked himself and and been the same player that he was last season. So delighted he got his goal, and I think it's worth pointing out how delighted he looked when he scored it, and how delighted his teammates looked as well. As if you know, aye, you've earned that, you've deserved that. You've been through a horrid six months, uh, and yeah, good, and, and good that they celebrated right in front of the the Motherwell ultras as well. You know, I mean, although I don't know if they were still there by that time, they'd left fairly oh, early by all accounts. You know, but it's, yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny you see that you look at the highlights and. Um, the number of them that have gone by the time the fourth, fifth, and sixth goals go in, it's like one in ten is left. Yeah, I know. The, the, the best thing I saw, and one of the best things I saw on Twitter the day was, you know, these how it started, how how it finished type tweets. Mm-hmm. It was like how it started, and it, it had them displaying this banner. It was like Happy Halloween, ya zombie bastards. And then it was like how it how it finished, and it's that same area. Like with ten minutes ago, and there's like nobody in it. You know, every, every one of them uh, is away home. So yeah, delighted for Kamara, and delighted that uh, you know the celebrations took part in that corner right in front of that wee that wee mob there. 
the well boys. I think the well called. boys, yeah. Well yeah. boys. Lovely stuff. Ian, um, let's try and get ahead of some of the controversy that's unlike, you know, undoubtedly going to plague the back pages over the next couple of days. Um, Glenn Camaro's goal. Is there an argument to say that Fashion Sakala was offside? He was in the goalkeeper's eye line and therefore the goal should not have stood. Uh, I've only seen that goal from one angle that I can remember and I'm not sure whether he was in his eye line or not, to be perfectly honest. So uh, it's hard to, hard to say. Um, I don't care. <laughs> is anyone's <laughs> truth? I mean, <laughs> uh, I, you know, whether it was or it wasn't is almost irrelevant because all it will take is for somebody to say it was, and then we'll have a, another sort of few days of uh, angry headlines about it. But I mean, it's you know, it's brought off a duck a duck's back as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, we've been seeing the same for. 30 years following Rangers, more than that, you know, whenever, you know, any even mildly controversial uh, decision is given, then it, it prompts some mental conspiracy theory. So I'm, I'm past caring about it, to be quite honest. Uh, it's at new levels of crazy than now, though. Well, it is, but I mean, it's... Well, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, new levels of crazy. I, I think I mean, so I've, sure. seen, I've seen a lot from, from Davy Hay back in the sort of... <laughs> 87 yeah. Skull Cup final. I mean, that <laughs> that started the whole thing off, really, as far as I can remember. I mean, I'm sure there was plenty before that, but but that's that's my sort of first memory of it. And that was, you know, that was crazy stuff to, to start off with there. And it, it, it probably came to a peak in the nine in a row season, but um, it's starting to build up again to that sort of level again. And I think social media doesn't really help. And uh, I don't know. I mean, as I say, it, so I, 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 don't, I don't think I... I, I I don't know. It, it wasn't given, so we, we move on. That's that's the way that's the way it should be. And you know, whether I would I would argue the same if it was a decision against Rangers as well. I, I'm not you know, I'm not really getting embroiled in the the, the refereeing controversy because where does it leave you? Mm-hmm. That leaves you a Celtic fan, I think. Oh, well, that's true. I, 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 for what it's worth, I thought it, I thought it was offside. I thought. I agree. Yeah, I, I do. I but so. you know these things. You know these things happen, and we're already we're home. Well, yeah, the game's over. Right? Yeah, I, mean, no, I, mean, I, mean, I mean that's the point, isn't it? Because yeah. you know that, that's part of why I don't care. Because I mean, the game was dead. You know, by that time, it would be really good if it came down to something like you know how it was in two thousand and three that that season when it finished. We was against Inferno and Celtic. We're playing at Kilmarnock and we won by one goal. Now, if that happens this season, well, we all know what goal they're going to point to. You know, they're going to point to that one and say, well, that shouldn't have counted, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the game's done. You know, I mean, in, in, in terms of the sort of the general noise, I, I, I don't think social media helps. You know, I don't know if, if social media makes it worse or whether it's just provided a spotlight on how they were always thinking anyway. You know, I mean, if th- this is what they've always thought for all these years, I don't know, but. Something there's any I doubt see. about that. I mean, that that is yeah, definitely but, their, their mindset. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. no question. That, but social media gives them the platform that they probably didn't really have before, other than sort of talking about it amongst themselves. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's the, the, I suppose the difference now is that it's on social media, and when it's on social media, the the sort of mainstream media, if you want to call it that. Um, pick up on it as well because they know that that's what's going to end up getting people talking so that uh, it ends up becoming more than just the wild conspiracy theories it ends up becoming you know mainstream news yeah. in some ways yeah mm-hmm. 
Well, speaking of wild conspiracy theories becoming mainstream news, the next bit of perceived controversy from the game is Graham Alexander coming out saying that Motherwell should have had a penalty when it was 1-0 in the first half. Um, Colin, can you shed some light on what the hell he might be talking about? I can't remember any penalty claim no. in the first half. I'm, right, I, I, I'm genuinely... I mean, I did think at one point when, when Motherwell had that second chance, the ball sort of hit off Balogun That's on it. its way through. Yeah. No, it hits his leg. Yeah, it hits his leg. I, I, I did think initially well, it's hit his hand. You know what I mean? But when you when you saw the replay from the other side, and no, it doesn't, it doesn't. So is that? So he, is Graham Alexander claiming that was a penalty? Graham Alexander is claiming that on another day, yeah, we could have had a penalty. And yeah, well, there, there, there's your headlines tomorrow. Then there's the the controversy and the, the Lanarkshire uh, mafia line and all that angle. That's 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 where they'll take it tomorrow because at that point they were one nothing up, so they'll claim that that would have made it two and. Yeah, it'll be the usual again tomorrow, the usual controversy. And then the final one, Colin, Stephen O'Donnell, red card, two yellows. Any any reason to suggest that he shouldn't have been sent off? Well, Andy Walker thinks the, the threshold for yellow cards is too low. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't, personally, I don't think there's any doubt. I think the first one, uh, I, I thought Sakala worked really hard to you know, get him out of the road and, and win the ball back. He's on the wrong side. It's one of the ones you, you take one for the team, don't you? You know, because because he's lost the ball, teammates are out of position, they're on the hop as as a sort of transition and possession happens. And so, you know, he takes one for the team and he pulls them back and that's it. So there's no doubt about that one. That's a booking. Uh, the second one, again, he's he's late. I mean, he's, ma- he's making a genuine attempt for the ball, but he's late. He's already on a booking, and he's already had he's, he'd had a couple other wee niggles before that. Sorry, nibbles. You know, he, he, it wasn't his first foul, so I, I don't think there's any doubt. And and the uh, and the laws of the game today, I don't think there's any doubt that it's a, it's a booking. And it'd be interesting to see if it was uh, the other way around. If, if Andy Walker would have been talking about the threshold of yellow cards being too low, I'd, somehow I don't think so. Uh, but no, there's no doubt about it. And it, I, I can't mind who it was, but someone mentioned. You can tell by O'Donnell's reaction at the second one. You know, he doesn't protest yeah. it. He doesn't, he just sort of, I think he knows. I think he knows the minute he makes the tackle, he starts taking the armband off to hand it, to, to pass it over. So, no, mm-hmm. but I mean, that, again, that'll be another controversy tomorrow, probably, in some of the papers. But no, that, I think the referee's got that one right. I think he has. I also think Calvin Bassey for that, for the second year, does really well. He gets there, he knows that the challenge is coming and he writes yeah. it and he, he, he gets the, he gets the foul and gets the yellow. I think it's and um, make sure he slides about ten or fifteen yards just for extra effect. Why not? Why not? Right in front of the well boys as well. That yeah, was yeah, absolutely, yeah, very satisfying. But they were away by that point. They were. That's true. It was about 40, 40 minutes in, so they were they were well gone. They were well gone. The well yeah, boys. I know. Yeah. Um, Ian Stephen Gerrard in his post match uh, interview with Rangers TV very very complimentary of Stephen Davis. I think the the, the chap asking the questions. Says, oh, what did you think of Sakala's performance? And Gerard goes, well, first of all, let's talk about Stephen Davis. Um, and it says it was, you know, as close to perfection in a midfield performance as, as you're going to get. Um, obviously, we, we've spoken a lot about him getting on in terms of age, and um, that we wouldn't expect him to play every game. He's certainly not played every game so far this season. And, and John Lundstrom has, if not displaced Stephen Davis, has certainly added a, a, a question mark over who starts in that role. What do you think of Davis's season so far and, uh, and and how that's likely to go for the rest of the campaign? I think his season's been okay. Uh, I mean, he's 
<laughs> I think he needed a break. Uh, I don't think he. I don't think he would have been playing every game if uh, if we had the full squad fit and if some of the other sort of like Lundstrom, for instance, if he'd started off the season uh, better, uh, I don't think Davis would have necessarily played as many games as he had as he has, I should say. Um, but yeah, I think I think he's been okay, and I think you know he's he's a he's a player that is in, in vitally important to have in the squad because he's. He's got that experience, and he's he's still you know he's still performing at a very high level. Um, but he's even more importantly, he's there as an inspiration to the the, the younger players. I mean, he, you know, he does everything right. You know, he's still you know still playing international games. He's still playing week in week out uh, at the top level for Rangers. So I think he's he's a player who's a model. Uh, you know, the cliche a model professional, and he's uh, he's a great guy to have in your squad. Um, I do think as the season progresses and hopefully if uh, Ryan Jack comes back into the squad again as well, that'll give us more options in midfield uh, and he might play a few fewer games and that that will help him in, in, the, in the long term for this season. But yeah, I think I think he was, you know, he was he, he was my man of the match today. I thought he was outstanding uh, um, as he has been in most of the games he's played and he's, he's, he's done really well. There's been a few where he's He's been a bit slack, but um, most of the time he's he's been outstanding. Yeah, uh, there's obviously there's been a lot of uh, speculation that John Lundstrom coming in and the two of them playing together is is too negative, or that they get in each other's way a little bit and they, they can't play together. Um, arguably, those are actually on paper two of our best players. Do you buy into that belief that the two of them shouldn't be in the same team? And, uh, they have. There's been games where they've, they've not looked great in the same team together. I don't think they. I think uh, it Dundee United game at the start of the season. I think they were pretty, yeah. pretty poor together in that game. But then Lundstrom had only just. That I think maybe even his first game uh, at that point, but he certainly hadn't been around for very long. And, and in fact, it was it was just the first game of the season, wasn't it? So or second game of the season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. They are quite similar in a way, but you know. I, I, I mean, I, I think if you have to play them together, and I think they were being played together out of necessity more than out of uh, out of choice, really. To be honest, so sometimes that's uh, just has to take precedence over what you would maybe want to do. Um, I don't think they played particularly well in the last game they played together either. Um, but yeah, the, the, it's not so much the negativity of it; it's just that maybe they're just too similar in terms of what they do. You're on mute, Ross. Sorry. Um, I think you're right, Ian. It's about it's about the options that we have available. And when Ryan Jack comes back, that, that just adds a whole new dimension. And uh, yeah, hopefully that day is getting closer and closer. But Colin, today it was a real statement victory, it felt like. And, and I think that that was important after Celtic dropping points yesterday, the ability to go four points clear. Um, at, at this point of the season, That that's a really... Um, bold statement to make, and, and Rangers have obviously gone out and, and done that with um, with real emphasis, and, and and it's really encouraging to see. Um, how important do you think that that is, given the season that we've had so far, which has been a bit start stop, which hasn't displayed the quality that we showed last year? Do you think it was important to go out and make a statement like that? Well, I think you know, harken back to what we've been talking about in previous shows. You know, we've been saying week after week. You know, that this is us at the end of September and we're still waiting on this team to click. Well, we're into October now. 
This is us going into November. You know, so we've been waiting for a while for this team to, to, to display something. And given what happened on Wednesday night, and given the week that we've had in general, you know, with, 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 with Walter Smith passing away, you know, I did kind of feel when I was coming home for the game on Saturday that we were kind of losing our way a wee bit, you know, and, and that this team, what well, I said on Wednesday, was it, it felt like that this team was at the end of its cycle, you know what I mean? And that the loss against Malmo had meant that we, we couldn't go out and, and get the, you know, freshen the team up with the quality that it needed. And that we've, you know, we've, we've brought in players of a slightly lesser quality and they've not really, you know, other than Lundstrom over the last sort of three or four weeks, none of them have really made an impact. And it just kind of felt like like things were, were kind of going south a wee bit and that maybe, you know, Celtic looked like they were starting to click. You know, I still think they're a bit shaky at the back at times, but certainly going forward, that they looked like, like they were going to score goals and they were going to, they were, they were going to provide a threat. So, I mean, it's in terms of the timing in this victory and the, the timing of the performance and the sort of statement that you talk about, it couldn't be any better. You know what I mean? Because Celtic choked yesterday. They had the opportunity uh, to go top of the league, albeit it would have only been for 24 hours. But that would have put more pressure on us going into the game today. If, if Celtic were top of the league, you know, Andy Walker and all the rest of them would have been all over that saying, you know, we'll find out what this Rangers team's about. And so, yeah, it was a big statement. Celtic had the opportunity yesterday to make a statement. They choked, they, even when they were handed a penalty that was one of the most bizarre decisions I think I've seen uh, in, in injury time. You know, they fluffed that and, you know, a win today would probably have been enough, you know, because it, it would have, it have went back to that sort of thing we were talking about earlier on, you know, we've got the character. You know, the team isn't free-flowing and we're not scoring a lot of goals, but we're showing character. We, we had the opportunity to extend our, uh, our lead over Celtic the day and we took it. That's all about bottling character. But we've showed more than that today. And the players that haven't, you know, on Wednesday night, I was coming home saying, oh, some of these players that have come in haven't made an impact. Well, there's Sakala today has made an impact, you know, and it was a telling impact, uh, especially in the second half. I mean, it wasn't just his goals. You know, he, he, he ran Motherwell ragged. And, you know, going back to that, that point about Aribo being in, you know, in, uh, uh, doing better work when he's in that front three, I think Sakala done a similar job to, to what Ryan Kent does today. You know, he, he just ran them ragged. Now, there's, there's, there is an element of headless chicken about him at times. You know, he doesn't always get it right. But he was working, he was working Stephen O'Donnell that whole first half. And on the other side, Aribo was causing that. I thought Aribo in the first half was outstanding. The amount of stuff that he was doing. And that's where, that's where the, the stuff with Tav, I think. Tav does better stuff in when Aribo's up there as well. They, they link up well and just cause teams absolute mayhem. So, yeah, it kind of felt like, you know, I felt last season when it was Kent, Morelos and Aribo up front, we were going to score and we were going to, you know, run riot. It felt as close to that today with, with Sakala, Morelos and Aribo. And so, yeah, everything about today, you know, Arfields came back in. I think that's a player that many thought that's him on his way out. You know, his he's Rangers career's tailing off. I thought he was brilliant. I thought the mix today in that, mid, that midfield was perfect, you know, uh, Stephen Davis was outstanding. I thought Arfield played really well. And I know we're saying earlier on that Kamara still doesn't quite look himself. I, I thought he played well today and obviously got his goal. So I think, I mean, although Lundstrom's probably been our best performer in the middle of the park, I think that's the best mix I've seen today. I, I thought the, the middle three played really well. So everything about it, uh, outside the stupid goal, which still puts question marks over our ability to keep, 
clean sheets. Everything about the performance in that statement today, I needed it, if I'm being honest, because I, I came yeah. home on Wednesday really thinking, you know, uh, I, I'm starting to doubt this team's uh, ability to win this league. So they've shown the character to get the win, and they've shown a bit of quality to really pummel Motherwell, and one or two of the guys that have came in who hadn't really contributed so far have contributed in a big way. Yeah. I think Arfield was poor, but otherwise I... Oh, I, it's, it's a, I your hatred hate no, of Arfield I, is, is I, shocking. Honestly, I thought I thought he was poor. I don't think he contributed much. I don't think... Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think we should have had Hadji in the team. I don't think we should have had Lundstrom in the team. I think it was the right... Uh, arguably, should we have gone with Scott Wright, maybe? Um, but I don't think he created much or... No, not for me. I'm not convinced oh, still. Um, but just, bl- just blind hatred. That's all. It's, but it's it's funny what you say. But I, you know, I needed that because I think we we probably all did to a degree. It's yeah. been very stressful actually this season watching Rangers, whether it's in in the league or in Europe. It's 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 not. We've not had the same sort of stress-free last 15-20 minutes of the game like we had on, on so many occasions last season so I also suspect that the manager needed that um, yeah. it must have been a, a really frustrating intense season for him so far and you could see little releases of emotion like the Hibs game a few weeks back um, I suspect he'll feel a little bit vindicated today to go actually we have been decimated by COVID and injuries and suspensions and it's not you know we haven't been able to settle as a team but if you give us a chance, this is what we will do. Motherwell are a team that caused us problems earlier this season that took points off us at home. Um, so I think he'll feel a little bit vindicated and uh, I think he would he would have needed that himself. I really do. Ian, linked to, to what I've just said there, I think that there have been a, a number of false dawns this season, whether it's the, the result that we got against Hibs or the result against Bronby, where we've sort of gone, ah, okay, now it's going to click. But after each of those, whether it's saying we go into the Hearts game at home and drop points, or we drop points at home against Aberdeen, it's it's not been the turning points of the season that we've wanted. Um, today feels a little bit different. I think the level of performance that was put in today and the level of domination in the scoreline at the end of the game. Do you have any faith that this finally could be the point that kickstarts us and, and, and gets a, a little bit of a run together? No. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, no. I think I think this is going to be one of those seasons that it's going to be all the way through the season. We're going to have good games. We're going to have maybe maybe two or three games in a row where we, we do well, and then we're going to uh, drop points again, uh, and then maybe have another couple of poor performances, then pick it up again. I think it's just one of those. It's going to be one of those seasons. Um, and I'm okay with that if it ends up in, uh, in uh, at the end of the day with the the, the positive uh, outcome. But I I, I just don't. I, I think I think what we need is we need first of all we need consistency of uh, team selection, and that will help. And once we've got a full squad, or hopefully we we'll get a full squad back again, and players uh, are available, and I think that will help. Um, but I think at the moment it's just. I think we should just brace ourselves that this is going to be a bit of a roller coaster season for for the rest of the season, because uh, uh, we have had, as you say, we've had good performances, and then two or three games later, maybe even a game later, then then we're uh, looking pretty poor. I still think looking at it overall, I mean, throughout most of the games, we've been 
by far the better team in all the games, nearly all the games were played. And I would say from what little I watch of other teams in Scotland, I would say we have played better than anything I've seen from any other team in patches. The, the problem is we've had slack bits during games and that, that's probably more of a concern than, than the sort of the, the, the general consistency over the season. I think I think we're, we're not consistent during games. So the, the patches of games where we're, we're brilliant playing teams off the park and then because we aren't taking the chances that we need to or or because we're having slight crazy moments in defence, then that good work's undone. And and then we maybe come back and play well again later on in the game, but by that time it's too late or or it's, you know, it means we're digging out because we're behind or we're coming back from uh, from behind. So I think consistency within the games has been a, a, quite a big problem uh, more than the, the throughout the actual individual games. But again, you know, but, you know, we have to remember that we've, we've not been playing really with the first choice team. I don't think uh, at any point in this season. I mean, obviously, I think Ryan Jack will walk into the team when he, if, if he's at full fitness. So, he, and you would have expected him to be a, a, a automatic starter for most games. So, you know, right away we're, we're we're changing what we probably want to have as the first choice team. So, yeah, I think I think to to be honest, I think we're going to have to just for for a, a while anyway. We're going to. Uh, see a lot of this sort of up and down throughout the season yeah it's um, you, you sometimes have to reflect on just how many key positions we've had uh, missing through injury um, I think Philip Hollander is a big miss for us I mean I, I think that, that Leon Balogun has done very very well actually this season um, probably one of the, the better players that we've had but Philip Hollander Borna Barisic has been injured. Yanis Hadji was out with COVID, a key part. Ryan Kent, obviously. Ryan Jack. Um, it's just not all pieced together yet. And I think that the management team would, would certainly point to that. But the consistency within games, I, I completely agree with that point because it, it sometimes feels like we'll have a very, very good 45 minutes or a very, very good half hour. Um, but that's not... Well, I was going to say that's not enough, but I mean, it clearly is because we're four points clear and everyone else is, is dropping points left, right. That's what we have to remember, actually, is, you know, we are, as I say, I think we're, we're the best team, we're, we're still the best team in Scotland, yeah, I think, definitely. You know, despite, you know, the the, gripe, the gripes and the, the complaints that we, we all have. I mean, I think, you know, we are, we've proven that we're the, be, the best team in Scotland so far this season and, you know, we would, we'd like to see better performances, but, you know, that hopefully that will come uh, more consistently. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're, as you say, we're four points clear and it's November and as long as we can continue along those lines then we should all be happy. I, I think a run of about 10 games, a, a decent run, you know, dropping a huge amount of points, you know, maybe winning eight, nine of those 10 games and drawing the other. The, the way the league's been this season, I think that a run like that could, could be enough because you think you have... You know, have started the season in fire. They're starting to slip away. You know, they're losing quite a lot at the moment. Motherwell earlier on, when, when we met them earlier on this season, I, I think they were on a run of six games undefeated. They were sitting third, I think, at the time. They're slipping away. Aberdeen have been on a horrendous run and they're now, you know, turning things around a wee bit and starting to climb the table. So it seems to be one of those seasons that all teams are showing that they're, they're inconsistent. So if one team goes on a run, you know, I, I think that'll be enough. So and I would hope it would be between now and, and the winter break because as we were saying in the WhatsApp chat, chat earlier on today, 
we'll lose Aribo and Balagon and Bassi for, for a couple of weeks for the, 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 the African Cup of Nations. So if Rangers could go on a good run between now and the, the, the January break, then I think that would put us in a, a good place for the, the sort of back nine, so to speak. Well, we, we speak a lot about how important momentum is in football. Um, and that was, I think, a huge part of, of, of why we won the league last year was the momentum that we had in that first 12 to 15 games of the season. And we've not had that so far. I think that you're right, Colin, a 10-game a, a run would be um, would be ideal. And I think actually that as we come to the end of November, uh, that's the time for that to start because we don't have any cup games. We don't have any international breaks. I mean, I think next weekend, the weekend after next, sorry, we're on to our sort of third or fourth international break of the season. But once we get to the, I think it's Sunday, the 21st of November, we play Hibs at home. We then have, you know, I think it's a good 10, 12 league games up until uh, we play Celtic on the 2nd of January of just relentless midweek weekend, midweek weekend. And if it's not a midweek Premier League game, then it'll be a midweek Europa League game. So that's the time to build that momentum. That's the time, by the way, that we need our Ryan Kent and our Ryan Jacks back from injury. I know we won't have Philip Hollander, but. that's the time to really put the um, put the foot down and, and and try and build that run. I think it was Stuart Weir that said on the on the preview show on Friday that it's often sort of November, December, January time that leagues are won and lost. Um, and I think that this is a, a really really good example of that. And like I say, for all of the frustrations, I don't like being the one to say this, but as badly as we've played at times this season, we are still four points clear, and I'd rather be four points clear going into a run like that. So if we can get ourselves over the line next week against Ross County, it, go into the international break, come back from that with no injuries, it sets us up for a 12-game run yeah. of real momentum. And I think that that's, that's what's important to, to try and use this as the turning point of the season. Um, Ross County should be, Ross County at home, they are bottom of the league with six points from 11 games. This is our easiest game on paper. There is no excuse for not following up today's result with, a, with another victory next week. Obviously, we'll have to Go to Bron Bay, and we've not really, we've not really spoken about Bron Bay. We'll, we'll do a preview show for that on on Wednesday night, and we don't want to spoil that. But um, in terms of the league, it, it it really should be the easiest it's going to get next weekend, and and that's why we need to take this opportunity and and really start to go on a run. Gents, we're we're approaching the hour, and I think we've we've probably covered pretty much every talking point from uh, from today's game against Motherwell. So I think that's probably a a, a good point for us to to wrap up tonight. I'll say a big thank you to both Colin and to Ian for giving up their Sunday evenings to come and give us the, the benefit of their insight and wisdom. And a massive thanks to everyone as well who's joined us on the YouTube stream live tonight. Um, a, a big thank you for, for you to, to giving up your, your evenings as well. It's really very much appreciated. The show, as I say, is always available for download on a Monday morning. Please do give us a like and a subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a thing. And as I say, we will be back on Wednesday night uh, looking ahead to Thursday's trip to Copenhagen as we take on Bronby in the Europa League. Uh, I think we're going to be lucky enough to be joined by a, a blogger from Bronby as well. So please do tune in for that. It's always a very insightful discussions that we have with our, uh, our European counterparts. And of course, the show will then be back next Sunday, looking back at the week's action. So a massive thank you to everyone for, for listening. Please do head over to the website in the meantime at www.jazznet.co.uk. And until Wednesday, uh, thank you so much for joining us and have a great week.